seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker. Genuine people here to have insightful conversations. My guest speaker today was once described by an Australian author as being like the city of Darwin, moody, brooding but with a sunny disposition and more recently by a US painter as a being all of her own. Brooke is a farmer and author of an Australian psychological thriller series. She also blogs for an all-female outdoor and hunting website and is an advocate for disability awareness and pride. She loves illustrating and anything in the creative and aesthetic space. Brooke has worked in male-dominated fields during her professional career, joining the Australian Defence Force as a young adult. She then went into employment with the various federal government departments before becoming a private consultant specialising in security, emergency management and disaster training. Brooke is a self-described walking juxtaposition and lives in the beautiful high country of Victoria, Australia with her husband and all her animals. Welcoming Brooke Strawn to Get to Know You. Welcome, Brooke. Oh, thank you for having me, Tiffany. I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. I'm very, very excited to dive into this with you and uh, looking forward to it. I guess it will be lovely for the listeners to hear about your psychological series. It's very interesting to me. So tell us a bit about that. It's an Australian psychological thriller series or uh, sometimes it's uh, deemed as an Australian spy thriller uh, series. There's uh, two books uh, currently out, uh, so they're titled The Subject and The Subject to Fade, and I'm currently working on the third uh, novel, and it's going to be the, the final, uh, so just the three, this a trilogy uh, for this series. And it started at a probably, I started writing it probably about four, about four years ago, hmm. I would say. Yeah, so, um, and it was something that, I'd had in my head uh, for for a long time, but I didn't really understand that it was a book series that was in my head, if uh, if that makes sense. Mm. It's uh, it was uh, quite interesting when I when I actually realised that I had a book series in my head and that I really probably should start writing it all down. That's quite interesting. So, like, could it have been a movie mm-hmm. instead of a book series? Well. It, Yes, yeah, definitely. It used to play out like a movie in my head. Uh, and I, I I actually used to think that it was just me daydreaming or having these fantasies, uh, you know, in my head and seeing these, seeing these characters and scenes and, and hearing the dialogue of the characters uh, speaking. Mm. And yeah, and finally, I went, I really just need to write this down. Like I've, I've got something here and then just get it out of my brain. And yeah, so that's, that's what I've done. That's fantastic. I love that. I like how it all played out in your head, like a full or clearly a full movie there. So it could probably, maybe it could turn into a movie. You never know. Oh, we never, never know. I mean, that's yeah. always, I think every author's dream, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, with their, with their novels. Um, but um uh, yeah, I certainly have been told that it reads uh, like a movie, mm. um, and I think, and I think that's direct. That's definitely because of, as I said, it plays out in my head like yeah. a movie. Uh, so, so that translates to my writing. Sure, and and uh, why would it be? I guess in the field or, or in the section of psychological thriller, like what what kind of uh, aspect is is quite like that. 
Yeah, so it's uh, it's because of the mind play. Uh, it's not horror psychological thriller because a lot of people associate psychological thrillers with uh, you know, really quite horrific um, scenes. Uh, you know, all that Stephen King type style writing. You know, really quite scary. Um, but uh, mine's not like that. There, there is uh, some violence and there's definitely action as well. Um, but there's a lot of mind play going on, like with the characters and a lot of uh, uh, intertwining of plot lines and subplot lines. Um, so, so hence why it's classed as being psychological. Um, it's, uh, as I said, it's also sometimes put into that spy thriller mm. uh, genre or, or, or the action, action thriller genre as well, yeah. Okay, so like I was thinking, you know, when you're you're watching something and it just takes a whole other turn and it really kind of plays with your mind in in other ways, like I don't know, like Inception or those uh, quite intense um, uh, movies. Even for example, like what comes to mind now, like the Joker, the most recent Joker. I thought that was kind of like a psychological. Thing. Mm. Oh, abs- yeah, no, absolutely, and yeah, quite deep and dark, and and. This, it's the same with my series. It, it has a very uh, dark side to it. Mm. Uh, like I said, not not so much visually, you know, with horrific scenes or things like that, but certainly dark in um, the, the characters because the, the, the protagonist, the female protagonist, um, her name's uh, Bianca, uh, the Bianca character is essentially a type of anti-hero. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, so she's not a good person. And none of my characters are. There's, there's really, there's really not one any character that's that's essentially good, and that's what makes my series different. Um, is that you know I, I'm I go I went down that path with it, which not everyone likes because yeah. a lot of people they they want to see good win, mm. and they want to have a winner, and they want to have a champion. Um, yeah, that you know they want to see that goodness uh, in humanity prevail. Where, um, like I said, mine's different because you don't necessarily see that. You see a very real side. Bianca's extremely real, but she's also essentially quite evil, um, and um, and yeah, fundamentally evil. Um, but at the same time, she has a quite a, a quite a, a caring side to her as well um yeah she's very complex um character but um but there's also humor in my book as well um because even though it can be quite deep yes uh, there's quite a lot of humor and um uh yeah readers have said oh laugh out loud moments (laughs) which i think is important yeah yeah well yeah darkness and there's laughter like they do go together it's not always one in any Mm. character or person that you come yeah. from. that's really cool that's quite different I like that kind of plot twist there that it's not you know and you're right people want to have you know the hero people want to see that eh, that side of of like a good ending or the goodness prevails or whatever whatever that kind does that some of that I'm curious now just based on your background in kind of the defense force and and working in like security and and things like that like does that kind of is there any experience that you had in the Australian Defence Force that uh, plays a role in in the series? Uh, I get asked that question uh, quite a bit about, you know, uh, has my background really uh, contributed to to the characters and, and the writing? And I say, yes, def- yeah, def- definitely, but not not one experience as per se. Um, what, I've, what I've done is I've used uh, some of my... Uh, personal experience and things that I've seen, and also other pe- other people, especially mm. like defense personnel and ex defense personnel, and their experience and how they are now. And I've taken that and and uh, used that to help with character development. So not one character is based on any particular person uh, at all. Uh, it's it's just I've like used a those experiences, of all those experiences in one. Mm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I, I get asked about, you know, the Bianca character, is she me? And I always oh, say yeah, no. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, definitely definitely not. Um, <laughs> definitely not. Um, like, 
but but this course there's elements of me in her but there's elements of me in all the characters but then there's elements of all these different people that I've met during my life and just and experiences I've seen or even heard of and I've taken that and and put it into the different characters Mm. I'm sure we can all actually find elements of us in any character that we read or anything like that. There's always going to be something that we can kind of relate to. Mm. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. And certainly if you make them very human, like, like I have. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And since we mentioned, I mentioned the Australian Defence Force, I'd love to hear more about how did you uh, um, get in and because we've mentioned you told me before that you have a medical condition and it's so interesting that you're still able th- that this condition was not assessed so let you um, share about that yourself to, for the listeners to hear yeah so I have um, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome uh, known as e- EDS and there's different types of it uh I have the type 3, which is the joint hypermobility syndrome, so JHS. Uh, so they say EDS, JHS, basically, for somebody with my my condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something I was born with, uh, and they knew straight away that I, I had hypermobility. Um, I was breech birth, and uh, they put me in double nappies, as, as a baby to try to secure my hips mm. uh, because uh, the joint hypermobility means that uh, the, the joints are extremely loose and, um, yeah, so I'm very hypermobile. Not flexible as per se. People say, oh, you're flexible, but flexibility is actually different. I'm hypermobile. Uh, and so it is a physical condition and, and essentially a physical disability. Um, and, and growing up, it, uh, it highly affected um, me. Uh, but at the same point in time, it wasn't really spoken about uh, with the family um, or with anyone else. And and so I grew up knowing that I had this condition, but it was made out like it wasn't an issue. Mm. Uh, like, yeah, it was kind of like, well, Brooke can just keep doing everything the same as everyone else, even though she looks really different doing it. So example, like running. Um, I can run uh, really quite fast, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know over over good distances too. Uh, I'm just naturally fit, and that's part of uh, the condition. Um, so I was always in sports and and running and doing athletics, but my form is very different to everyone else's form. Uh, but as I said, it no even though people would comment about my form, I was never kind of told, oh, you shouldn't do that or you can't do that. So I grew up with, with that in my brain, that I could do whatever I wanted. Uh, and, and physically, even though I looked different, I was still able to do things really quite well and uh, even better than a lot of females just because I was so naturally fit and, and mm. so naturally strong as well. So it kind of never occurred to me that this could be an issue going into you know, the defence force, because I knew I could pass everything, like in terms of, um, you know, the physical tests. Um, I, I knew that, that I was able to, to do it all. Mm. Uh, so, so, um, I, so when I went in, uh, it, the general medical, the general medicals, um, they, they don't really look at, <laughs> you know, that. <laughs> They don't get you and go, oh, can you grab your leg and put it up around your head? <laughs> you know, no. they don't do that. So, can, you, can you turn your foot around backwards? Like they're not asking those questions. So, no. Yeah, you know, so I was kind of, I was very much able to hide it, yes. you know, getting in. Yes. And I could pass all the physical side, even though the, there definitely were some eyebrows raised, you know, at my form, like how I ran, but I could get through it. So, yeah, so I got in. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, mm. well, once you started the training, did they notice anything? Could they be like, uh, like, did they say, hang on, there's something, you know, did anyone comment about it or or pick up yeah. on it? Yeah, there was definitely comments. And during recruit training, there was comments as well made, but but I was already in and, um, and you know, they, they pick on you for everything anyway because <laughs> – Sure. training because that's their yeah. job that's their job it does doesn't matter who you are or what you look like there's 
you're always doing everything wrong. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there were some eyebrows raised, but once again, because I could get through it, it it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't so much a, an issue. It it became a, an issue. But realistically, what happened was um, I I ended up with a with quite a bad groin injury. Well, basically, I couldn't. I I suddenly couldn't um, walk, um, and this is part of my EDS. Um, you can just have flare ups. They call it a flare up, um, and like because uh, just because it's a connective tissue disorder. Yes, and you can have sudden pain, like sudden intense pains, or you can have a joint just give way, and you can't. You know, suddenly you're on the ground and things like that. And I basically had an incident where. Uh, I suddenly couldn't walk and um, and like for days and uh, I was put in hospital and then they started really looking at my condition mm-hmm. and um, yeah and really assessing me and you know having not just the medical officers but uh, they were sending me to specialists and, and everything and um, yeah I kind of couldn't hide it anymore. <laughs> sure. Did you, like, when you say an injury, did something hit you or did you pulse? Did you? No, walk? no, nothing, nothing. It's just, it's just a part of the condition. It's just a flare up. Like so you're walking um, normal or you woke up like, like. Yeah. You? I, yeah, I think that, I think I was walking. I can't quite remember. It was so long ago now. Um, I can't remember if I woke up with it. Or if I was, it just kind of happened during the day. Um, but yeah, it, it was a, it was a hu- like huge pain, like down in, through my groin. Mm. And yeah, and when they did all the um, scans and everything um, initially, they're like, there's just absolutely nothing. Like you haven't pulled the groin. Like what's going on? But I knew, like, because you have a flare up, it might not even show anything, but it's all. It's just part of the condition. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah. The same. The same with like if if the, the joint goes, um, like I said, you can just be walking and uh, your ankle or your knee just or the hip it gives way. It, the joint it just gives way. It just yeah. gives way. Yeah. And yeah, and that and that that is a major issue. Um, you know, for that type of job, because uh you can't especially if you you know like you're deployed um and you're in that uh type of environment or high risk environment they can't have somebody who can walk one minute and the next minute is on the ground no so that, no. that is a that is a you become a, a real liability so yes it, it became an issue sure wow wow and so from then do have you had any other flare-ups or has it been painful ever since Oh yeah, I have flare-ups all the time. Um, it's just something you live with. Um, uh, the specialists will say um, most people with EDS live with a pain, um, uh, like an everyday pain scale of between uh, five and ten. Mm. Right? That's we li- we live in pain. That's what we do. But because we're so accustomed to it, well, myself, I'm so accustomed to it that unless it's a severe flare-up, I generally don't feel it. Oh, I know it's there, but it's in the background, sure. like a dull ache, a dull ache, like sitting, especially through my legs. I will always have a dull ache uh, through my legs and just some days it's worse or I'll get the sharp pain. Like yesterday, for example, um, uh, I was walking around grabbing my butt <laughs> half the time because that, uh, that sciatica type nerve that runs yes. down the, uh, you know, down that, down that bottom area that was flaring up mm-hmm. and that highly affects your mobility because you, you have trouble walking when that, when that flares up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was actually happening yesterday. That, that doesn't happen every day, but lately that's that sciatica type nerve running down. There's been flaring up quite a bit. Sure. Um, yeah. Do you find that you have to be careful when you're doing your daily day to day kinds of things? I do have to be careful because I'm prone to falling. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm prone to dropping things as well. I can be a bit uncoordinated, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's more because of the joints because the joints can give way. So I, I can be carrying something and my wrist will just go and I'll drop it. Um, 
yeah, I, um, I've got to be careful how I, where I step because the joints are so loose, you know, I can go over in like a hole or something really, you know, really easy. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. Just, just gotta, just gotta be careful. Gotta be very careful going down my stairs. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm. And uh, do you find, so getting a bit, going to get a bit per, more personal now, but do you find, do you have to be careful? Like how does this affect your, your own personal sex life, I guess, with your. Uh, uh, I don't have to be uh, careful so much uh, <laughs> with, uh, uh, with sex um, because of my hypermobility, yeah, which is a good thing, <laughs> because <laughs> of my uh, hypermobility, uh, my hypermobility is actually most prominent in my lower half. So my hips. So mm-hmm. through that hip groin area, my knees, my ankles. Uh, so it, uh, it actually um, is uh, pretty cool in regards to, uh, to, uh, to sex because I can get myself into some pretty awesome positions that most people, can't do. <laughs> most females would uh, can't do, would definitely <laughs> struggle uh, with. And, uh, yeah, so it can make sex uh, really enjoyable, uh, yeah. Well, the, yeah, that's and and but what if there's a flare up? Does that affect the sex your uh, sex life then? Yeah, I haven't really had a, a flare up. Um, yeah, during uh, during sex, fortunately, sometimes I've had a few cramps. Mm. Um, but I, I I think some people get that. Everyday people can sometimes get a cramp during you know during sex. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, apart from cramps, I haven't had any any um, major major flare ups um, during it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. And if there's a flare-up before, does that prevent you from then doing, doing then having sex? Oh, oh definitely, yeah, okay. yeah, de- definitely, yeah, it, it, it would. Um, but the thing with the flare-ups is that sometimes they can last for a long time. At other times, they're so quick. It's so bizarre. Like I can have a, a, a really intense pain uh, happen in my leg and you know i can't walk and then within two minutes i'm completely normal it's it's like completely normal yeah it's it's so random Mm. that's quite interesting yeah yeah oh wow wow. people people will be like people be like what's wrong with you i'm like i can't walk but just give me a moment give (laughs) it will oh wow (laughs) and two minutes later i'm like yep all good (laughs) it's done now that's incredible that's incredible wow obviously with a lot of that it comes with a uh you know you'd have to be kind of i would say mentally strong to be able to uh withstand a lot of that those kinds of moments um would you say uh yeah i think it's more uh that i'm used to it like like i know what's what's going on uh so it doesn't scare me Mm. You know, other people would be scared if they suddenly got like such an intense pain uh, through their body. If you're like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Mm. What have I done to myself? Um, where because I'm just so used to it, it, it doesn't scare me. Um, you know, now so yeah, just just other people around me um, who, who, especially if they don't know about my condition, they mm. don't. It can be hard for them. They don't understand what's going on or why I can't stand or why I can't walk at that point in time. Or if I am walking, sometimes like people see me walking and all of a sudden my ankle's gone over and mm. and they're like, are you okay? Are you okay? They think I've broken my ankle. And I'm, I'm like, oh, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Just get up. Wow. <laughs> Start walking again. Because yeah, yeah. the, the ankle is so hypermobile, I went over on it, but nothing broke or, or I didn't sprain it or do anything. I just shook it off. Oh, wow. Or I have a big accident. I, uh, I have a big skiing accident. And um, I remember I had a big skiing accident and my um, my legs were in all these different positions and everyone, people saw it and thought, oh, my goodness, she's broken her legs and she'll have to get airlifted. And I just... Dusted myself off, got and up, kept on going. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. I love yeah. that. I yeah. love that. Well, this is yeah. a great kind of foundation then to dive into the main question of the of the uh, pod, of the podcast. So, listeners, the question is: Does life need to kick you around for you to have strength? I first, um, Brooke, I'd, I'd like to hear what were some first things that came to your mind when I mentioned this question to you. 
Oh, I thought it was a, a great question, but also a really tricky question yeah. as, as well and, and extremely conflicting question. Well, for, for myself, uh, I, I am very conflicted with the, the answer, if, if there is a direct answer. Uh, yeah, if, if there is actually a direct answer or, or a correct answer, um, I'm very conflicted uh, with it. And um, in speaking uh, with a few other people, um, yeah, they've, they've had this, the same type of line of thought that it's, that it's a very tricky question to, to answer um, directly. But, uh, yeah, let's have a go. Let's have a talk about it. Let's discuss. Let's hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm so keen to, to dive yeah. into it. So what were some things that, that yeah. was mentioned? Why was it conflicting for you? What are, what are you looking at? What kind of angle did you kind of assess first? Yeah, well, I, found, I find it conflicting because initially, if I have to give a direct answer, I'd say yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, being, you know, being kicked by life, does make you stronger. You know, if I had to say that, that's my answer. Yeah. Know, simple, simple, direct answer. I'd say yes. But is, you know, like I said, it's conflicting. But I feel that to that's that it makes you stronger to a certain point. Huh. And all right, I I believe. I believe given the experiences that I've seen and and certainly for other people uh, and uh, certain other people, like people who have gone through real trauma um, and like some, some of my uh, friends, ex, you know, especially some of my ex-defence friends um, who have seen horrific things and gone through horrific experiences uh some some of them they just haven't been able to recover from that um and and so that's why i'm i'm conflicted because yeah i think it does make you stronger but to a certain point i i i think and and a friend of mine said to me, everyone has a breaking point, Brooke. Mm. Uh, everyone has a breaking point. Um, and, and you know, can, can we recover from that? Uh, not everyone does. No. Does recover, you know, once they, once they hit a certain, a certain point, once they've been kicked, or should I say, once they've been kicked so, so hard or so many times. So... I'll, I'll use an example of being physically bashed or kicked. So you could be physically hurt and kicked and bashed and you're going to recover from that and you might have cuts and different things all on you and over time they're going to heal up and when they heal up and then uh, the body will form the scar tissue and that scar tissue is stronger. So your skin and, and essentially you are now actually stronger than you were before, right? right? But if you got kicked or bashed so badly, you could end up being killed, right? You're never going to recover. Right? Or you could have such damage done that is going to stay with you for the rest of your life. So... That's a, a physical example of, yeah, you know, depending on how hard you get kicked or bashed, you know, you might come out stronger. But if you get kicked or bashed so hard, you may never recover. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great, great point. Like I, I've asked a few people this question and, and everyone says, well, yes, because, you know, you need to be kicked around for you to know that you have strength. But in saying that, I don't, necessarily i don't know personally anybody who hasn't been kicked around and who is strong i don't know and i don't know if that is possible is it possible for that for you to have that kind of end of the spectrum i don't know but 
you're right there, like knowing where your breaking point is, or is there a point that you can reach before you reach breaking point that will determine if you are strong or not, or that you that you have strength? Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I had somebody say to me, um, as this is really, really interesting. Um, he, he said, adversity is king. That's his quote. Adversity mm-hmm. is king. Nothing, uh, nothing good, you know, um, ever came out of not first of all going through, you know, adversity. So he he thinks that everything good and and including you know you know good in people comes through them having been through adverse conditions, right? So if you don't go through adverse conditions, then you pretty much just stay um, you know uh, very uh, I I guess um, uh, what could be the word? It's not weak, but you know you just stay in your kind of space, your your bubble. You don't grow. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, you don't get, you don't develop. So you have to go through adversity to to develop that that strength of of character. And it's very interesting because he, the gentleman who said that uh, is a former um, special forces soldier, and uh, is uh, is actually um, uh, well now suffers extreme um, post traumatic stress disorder. To, to the point where where he is he, he is quite medicated mm-hmm. um you know and struggle and struggles in daily you know daily life to, to function as a fully functioning human being um and yet he said and yet he he personally said that you need to go through adversity you know to um you know to have good and you know come out to come out from it to grow as as a person so i just found that so interesting absolutely his background you know i just went wow like you know you've gone through obviously such extreme conditions and and now you have uh you know this this mental illness and severe mental illness and yet he's still saying that you know adversity is king Mm. So I was like, wow. That's mm. very interesting. What's coming to my mind when you're talking about this is that, you know, you know, should people be exposing their children to adversity for them to gain strength or for them to have strength? Or, you know, that's the mm. first thing that comes to my mind. And also, can you be controllable about the type of adversity you can expose your child to for them to develop strength or for them to have strength? Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you said about uh, your exposure as a as a child, um, uh, because that's something with myself that uh, how I said earlier that even though I knew I had uh, the condition, uh, it it was played right down by my family and everyone as you know as a, as a child, um, and 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 so I know wasn't treated precious or special um in any way shape or, or form it was uh it was just uh will brooke just get on with it like too bad too sad type of thing mm. and because i rem- i remember i remember crying one night like you know because i was teased a lot because i had a speech impediment a severe speech impediment um that's part of the condition lots of people with eds have them uh, so I had a severe speech impediment. I walked funny. I definitely ran funny. Um, so for the listeners, I basically picture an injured gazelle. <laughs> That's me running. <laughs> it's all arms and legs going everywhere, <laughs> flailing all around. Um, and I just moved differently. I, I stood different. You know, I sat different. Like I just did everything different um, because I had a physical disability. Um, but people, you know, it wasn't spoken about. Oh, that Brooks disabled. So, so kids didn't know, and so they just thought I was weird and and you know, so teased and teased me. And yeah, I remember crying one night 
you know, just because I'd been like teased and and um and my mother said to me, Oh, well, Brooke, you know, there's children without legs. So, you know, get mm. over it. <laughs> you know, at least at least you have legs, Brooke. There's children without legs. Mm. And um, you know, which is very, very true. <laughs> you know, very, very true. But still, it was that hard line, you know, with my with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think uh, that definitely, definitely, you know, gave me, um, you know, that that's that strength to just get through um, my life and and appreciate what I did, what I did have, you know, even though it was such a hard line that my family took. I uh, I was like, oh well, I do have legs, so that's good. <laughs> you know, yeah, they might be different to other people, but <laughs> but I've got them. So <laughs> you know, and. And I and I can and I can talk and um, mm-hmm. and it it obviously it took a while uh, for me to be able to speak properly, but at least I I could end up speaking. And uh, my family did put me through speech therapy. That's one thing they did do for like for me. Um, I shouldn't say that's to sound that sounded terrible. <laughs> my family did, you know did lots for me, but um uh, yeah they put me through in terms of my disability. They put me through speech uh, therapy. And uh, yeah, so it took a long time. It wasn't until I was around sixteen that uh, really my speech impediment uh, wasn't obvious. Um, so um, yeah, so at, at least I was able to get past, you know, past that. Um, but that took that took a lot of a lot of strength, a lot a lot of coaching, a lot of training, and a lot of determination by me uh, to 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 want to be able to to speak uh you know normal and um sure and now and now it's now I love to speak and um and part of my role um when I became a private consultant was speaking in front of people training Mm. training and consulting and uh you know sometimes I would speak in front of 2,000 people uh, on a on a stage in an auditorium Mm. And, and, um, you know, I, I say, I say to people, people go, oh, how can you get up and talk in front of people? Don't, you know, don't you get worried or stage fright? I'm, I'm like, well, I grew up with a speech impediment. So, uh, when you go from that to, to this, you, you're not scared. Yeah. You're not scared. Sure. Yeah. 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 So I can see how, yeah, yeah. that gave but you strength. I, I was going to yeah, yeah, def- definitely. Um, but talking about the family, um, uh, I think I think there could possibly be. I mean, this is this is another question. Like, like, is there a genetic a genetic factor uh, in people that gives them strength? Mm. So could it could it be could it be in our gene code? So, for example, in in my family, the women in my family, uh, particularly on my father's side are extremely strong women, um, independent women. Uh, mm. Some might even say feminists, um, but, uh, uh, but high, highly educated, extremely intelligent, um, yet all extremely good-looking, which is, you know, just like amazingly beautiful women who are independent and strong and um and it's been like that down the whole family line, um, down that side. And uh, so we're all kind of wondering if it's, you know, in, in the gene pool, is it, is it genetic, uh, this, this strength? And did that come from the fact that women uh, through the ages um, uh, had to go through such hardships, mm-hmm. especially on my side? My, the, fam- the women in my family went through real hardships and a lot of it to do with the, the the patriarchy of the time you know how they were how they were treated um you know and treated by men and, and just just how women in general you know during those times um you know they had to be they had to be strong um and and has you know has this now uh, gone through gone through the family 
and and so and so we seem to now just be naturally uh naturally naturally strong and able to able to deal with um you know these these types of kicks that that life um gives us and uh you know essentially being able to kind of rise you know rise rise above them yeah that's fantastic. You just mentioned some points there that I actually didn't think about. Like, yeah, could strength be genetic? Like, I just that's a, that's a great point. Like, and 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 another thing too, as you were saying, the history of how women have had to had to uh, you know deal with a lot of situations, and you know, with the whole patriarchy that was quite. Uh, extreme in the past and it's still going on now but it's on another a different kind of level and and are women uh able to i guess withstand a bit more which kind of determines if they're able to have more strength um uh because of the their environment so yeah that's that's two interesting points there i wonder like first with the genetic like can you measure that or can you know is there like a a, a genetic uh coding that determines if you will would be able to withstand the the kicks that life kind of and punches that life gives to you like I don't know if that's a study or research that that could show that yeah I mean it'd be interesting to know um, if there has been um, any any studies on that done it's not something I've I've looked into but uh, I'm sure if we researched it ourselves we'd be able to find if there has been um, any research or papers or anything you know written written on that um yeah it would certainly if there's any any listeners out there who, who do those types of studies then that could be something yeah really interesting to look into or, or write about if you're writing a thesis or something yeah exactly yeah, if, just, it, if it doesn't exist I, I, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah if it doesn't if no one's done it already um yeah I, i'm not too sure like how they would measure it i think they just have to really look at the family lineage and and what really delve into those people's pasts and what they've been through you know to to find out uh, that's yeah, right I'm not too sure how else they would do it there'd have yeah. to be yeah, yeah a significant retrospective study to go back and to determine all of that mm. but i and i guess i kind of determine well, well what i'm defining as strength is that the same thing that you're defining strength as or in in the situation mm. where I think, okay, I'm strong, could somebody else be like, no? That I think if I was that, I would feel that that's weak. That's not mm. strong. So yeah. like that's another yeah. factor. Oh, ab- absolutely, and it, it is it is comparative, like can be comparative and and different for different people. Because an example is that like like yeah, like I I think I'm pretty pretty strong given what I've gone through. Um, and lots of people always say to me, oh, oh, you're badass and you're strong and you're tough and all these things. Um, yet, yet compared to uh, like one of my, uh, friends and neighbors who's, uh, uh, quite a bit younger than me, a young, young female, I'm, I'm like a fluffy little kitten <laughs> compared to her, like her, her strength and resilience and toughness is just unbelievable. Like. Uh, like you know and what she can go through it and it doesn't phase her like example we had the the really bad bushfires here mm-hmm. um at the start of the year and they were oh, and when I say here not just like in Australia I, I mean like at my back door pretty much um and we thought you know I I thought the whole farm was was going to be gone our whole property was going to be gone and um and then they the the fires of course were up at the neighbors um properties around as well all around us and and you know i was so terrified it was absolutely terrifying for me Mm. um and 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 she my neighbor this young girl it's like she wasn't even hardly phased by it you know yeah like i'm just there absolutely freaking out like you know, type of thing because it's you know you just can't control it. The, like it's the, the bushfires, they are terrifying because you just you just, you can't. It's not in your really hands. Do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can put together mitigation around the property as best you can. Um, you know, obviously, like those types of things you can do around the house and the property, but essentially, you, you can't. 
the bushfire will do what the bushfire does. Um, yeah, and yeah, I just found it absolutely terrifying, regardless of my background. It was just a terrifying situation to be in. Um, you know, and I was so scared for my animals and, and just, yeah, just horrible. Um, and yes, like I said, it, it's, it, um, my neighbour is just, she was just so tough. Mm. So, uh, I was just shaking my head going, you're, you're amazing. I wish yeah. I was as brave, as brave and tough as you. Like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like, well, what, what are you, well, and what is she looking at? Maybe she looks at somebody else and goes, "I'm not, I'm not strong," or like, and she looks to somebody else and says, "That's what I consider strength, and what what I consider mm. resilience." Like, I would say strength is considered resilience. Well, they they would go hand in hand, um, and where we're gaining or developing our strength really obviously is determined by the our environment but also how do we how does our um i guess viewpoint of strength uh come from or weakness even like are we before anything Mm. happens to us are we sitting there you know are we considered weak are we weak before if we haven't had any significant adversity are we considered weak or are we not able to to um uh rise up in the beginning yeah yeah it's, it's, that's a really interesting um question um and it kind of goes back to uh where my um my friend the 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 former soldiers said about oh well yeah adversity you know adversity is king so i think there is there i think there's a perception uh by people that yeah if you've had an easy life then you won't be able to to rise to the the challenge if if they if you suddenly put in in an adverse position um but i think that's seen like i said as the wider what what people initially think um or the perception by you know by the world and by you know the community or or even your tribe or whatever but but realistically i think there's been plenty of examples where uh no it's you know i think there's been a lot of privileged uh, people who who've suddenly been put through a situation, and you know they can they they can deal with it. Um, you know I don't I, you know because they just have that internal they they just naturally have that internal strength. They just haven't had the kicks that have developed it. They had it from it's always been there in in them mm. in them like and um and yeah I. I I mean, there's some, there's some, some show. I mean, there's like that that show on at the moment. I don't know if you see it in Spain. They've got like the, um, you know, the SAS show where they grab the, you know, celebrities or privileged people, you know, and then stick them through, you know, a special forces training. Ah. Um, you know, yeah, ex, you know, so, um, you know, it's a TV show. It's not a game. It's not a no. game. It's just yeah. a like and you know these are these are seen as as privileged people who have had you know a, a pretty good life well well some of them they've they've got uh the one that's on in australia that's about to about to come on some of them are more privileged people and and other people uh a couple of them actually have gone through some some real shit mm. um you know as well so there's a bit of a it's not just the one demographic on it um but yeah, they're, they're putting them through these extreme adverse conditions training. Um, so very much what the um, special forces would go through, and um, yeah, seeing seeing how they cope, basically, yeah. seeing if they rise um, rise above. Yeah, the the, the challenge. Wow. So um, see what the limits. Yeah. See what the limits are. Yeah. See what see and that breaking point that we spoke about. You know. Oh, see yeah. Yeah. They can if they can break them and, and if they're going to be able to come out from that breaking, from that breaking point. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah, very interesting. I was just, you know, as, as I was mentioning, like, do you think then should we, you know, people who have newborns and people who are, you know, having children, should they be, you know, in an, in a controlled kind of fashion, uh, 
be a kind of having a, a, a controlled adversity to develop for their child to develop strength? Is that something that should should children be exposed to that? Like, should the parents be doing that? Yeah, I I think I think so. Um, I, I just I, I I feel I feel that yeah, if you model coddle too much, that's the right term. Um, uh, if you wrap wrap children in cotton wool too much, then um, yeah, then it could cause a few issues um, later. As I said, like some people are probably just uh, even if they've been quite privileged and had you know kind of some really soft upbringing, some people will naturally have internal strength anyway. But I don't think there's any harm in uh, in exposing yeah, your child to a, a little bit of adversity. It's it's just it's just knowing that that point, um, you know, or that yeah that that limit. Um, uh, you know, obviously, you don't want to over uh, overdo it and traumatize. No, <laughs> traumatize exactly. Your child. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But, um, um, but but certainly, you know, certainly, uh, you know, uh, mate, you know, you know, allowing them to go do like physical activity, I think, is really important. And you know, they get a little bit hurt, or a little, you know, a little bit physically injured. Well, that's, you know, well, they're going to learn and grow from that uh, mm, type mm. type of thing. Um, yeah, you know, letting them run around and play and fall over and, um, yeah, you know, mm. and, um, I, I think, I think that's, I, I think that's important and, uh, letting them learn that you don't always win. I think that's, that's important. Like certainly when we are growing up, you know, you had, you had a winner and you had a loser. Yes. Right. And yeah, these days I, uh, from what I hear and see, sometimes there's like no losers. Like, mm. oh, everyone's a winner. Well done. It's like, well, that's not life. <laughs> that's not every, you're not going to win every time, people. <laughs> like, no. You know, no. Yeah. Sure, sure. I, I like the examples that you gave there. I was thinking of a bit more maybe extreme things. <laughs> but um, uh, would you? <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, thinking too, like, you what know, you I, guess, I don't know, like, I was thinking like a real emotional, <laughs> real, like, you know, oh, okay. psychological adversity, um, because it doesn't need to be, you know, falling over and, and, and things like that, like more like, uh, you know, like adversity is uh, in many, in many situations right now is like can be just stress and, and depression and anxiety mm. and, and these kinds that are quite high at the moment. And um, uh, the numbers of, of people who are experiencing these things is, is significant. And um, but a lot of people are, are what I'm hearing and seeing is that when they considered uh, depression, that they're diagnosed with depression and anxiety, they automatically like, well, you know, uh, I'm not going to ever come out of this. I'm a weak person. I'm not. I'm not considered strong. Yeah. And it's like completely like you're tagged almost. Like, and mm. it's like, well. And in some as well, it's like, well, I'm not going to try and fight through this or come up from it or get out of it as well. Yeah. And, and that's what yeah, I keep saying, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, you're right that it's, 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 it can be tagged as a, as a weak, you know, as a weakness mm. um, when you have um, those types of mental illnesses or they come into um, into your life. Um, and, and that stigma is, you know, is that people are trying to change that stigma. I mean, there's a lot of work being done around trying to change, trying to change that, that stigma because, because um, as you said, the numbers are so high. So it, it kind of, it, it raises the question of, you know, things like depression and post-traumatic stress disorders and anxiety. Well, you know, are they just the new normal? Mm. Like, like is, you know, um, yeah, like, you know, I, I had, um, I had a gentleman, so a former, he's a former special forces soldier um, as well. And I'm just looking at some notes because he, he, he told me something. It was really interesting. Yeah, and this was more in relation to uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. He, um, all right. He says, is it a disorder or a naturally occurring um, phenomenon? Mm. Uh, 
that in time makes us stronger, uh, more adaptable and more resilient. That's a so, great, great theory there. I like that. Yeah. 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 So um, I thought, I thought, yeah, how, how. Maybe it's like, yeah, maybe the collective or a lot of people, because the numbers are quite high, as I was saying. And then over mm. years, it, 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 it's changed or in generations it changed. Because obviously when you do have these conditions, it is, it seeps into your genetics and you'll see changes in, mm. in the children or people who decide to have children. Mm. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So, yeah, because basically, you know, if you've got if you've got eighty five or ninety percent of the population walking around with some type of mental condition, um, then, well, is it really a condition, or is it is it just who we are now? Like, mm. you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it's just it's like I said, it's this it's it's the it's the new it's the new normal, or maybe it's always been the normal. But because they didn't have well, diagnostic wasn't diagnosed tools. back then, yes, yeah. they didn't have diagnostic tools, and it wasn't spoken about. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then suddenly, one once it got you know started being diagnosed and spoken about, it's like, oh, it's this you know, um, it's this condition, and you you know, yeah, you have a medical condition, you have a mental illness, and um, where where yeah, it could just be that. No, this is who who we are. <laughs> this is part of being human. That's um, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That's yeah. absolutely. Yeah, like and, it, and 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 it's an adaption, like mm. like like you know, it could be an adaption to make us more more resilient. So, like over, over time, as we could get through um, and work through depression, or work through anxiety, or work through post traumatic stress disorder, it's making us um, stronger. And maybe maybe that goes back to um, my mate who's on the medication uh, for uh, you know his severe uh, post traumatic stress disorder. Um, maybe that's what he meant by adversity is king. So mm. maybe he's he's thinking that yeah, even though he's going through you know this shit, um, that it, it's internally he is getting stronger. You know, and and at the end he's going to be stronger. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not too sure, but maybe. But maybe we don't yeah. know exactly. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That, that's mm. super. That's very, very interesting. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you so much, Brooke. This has been such a great dive into all the into. We, you know, there's so many different things came up in. Um, came up with in this conversation it's really making me like really kind of reflect and then think about some things I'm going to go and ponder on some of them uh, but before uh, mm. I, I love to ask my guest speakers at the end of each podcast how has this conversation this topic and uh, really h- highlight anything to you or made you reflect a bit differently uh yeah no, de- definitely definitely um, made me reflect and um, it's in terms of like I said at the start it was if I had to answer directly, I'd say, oh, yes, it does um, make you stronger. But um, but now, you know, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we were always had that strength in us, you know, because of, you know, it could, it could be gen, um, genetic. It could be uh, that, um, you know, it's an adaption as well as we, as we spoke about. Uh, those types of things I, I really hadn't thought you know, I really hadn't thought about um, beforehand. I just, I just thought, oh, oh yeah, now you, you go through stuff, and and ho- hopefully, you know, it should make you stronger. Unless it's so extreme, then you know, it, it does you in. Um, but yeah, but now it, I'm looking at it much more widely, and um, yeah, much more introspective as well. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Really enjoyed uh, having you on. And, and uh, just for our listeners, where can they find you? Uh, yes, yeah, so, um, well, I've got a, um, I've got a, a, web, a website. Um, so it's uh, com, And on there I have, uh, do a bit of blogging, um, but I also um, have my, um, my novels for sale. And they're... Um, and that, but I only ship from my website. I only ship um, in Australia. But my novels are available internationally, um, just through any of the online book retailers. So where you just go to buy your 
your books, right? You can find mine um, there in print or ebook. Uh, also on Instagram, right, um, I'm my my name on Instagram. My handle is at hi there Brooke. So as if you're waving at me, hi there Brooke. <laughs> yeah, so that's my that's my Instagram um, handle, and I. I, I um I love the Instagram space, so I like being creative um, with it, and I put all different type of content on there. There's everything from me in bikinis to me with uh, firearms, <laughs> dressed <laughs> like a tree. <laughs> you see, you see, you see, you get to see all the different sides of me on, on my Instagram. I, I try and be quite honest and, and real on it. Um, yeah, and also um, I because I blog for a, a all female hunting and outdoor um, website, and that's uh, called the Girl Way. So the Girl Way uh, website. So if you type in the Girl Way, the website um, pops up. And mm-hmm. yeah, my my blog's on there. So it's called the Girl Way Life with Brooke Strawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I blog uh, um, everything hunting and outdoors, and you know, basically women's empowerment. Fantastic, <laughs> you know that type of thing. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Um, no, thank you for having me. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. It has. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You with Tiffany Farrag. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you listeners. The question again, does life need to kick you around for you to have strength? Leave an audio, a video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you are from. We will include some different responses in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.